to my Spirit Walking with Jesus podcast. My name is Alan Manson and I am your host. This podcast aims to help listeners explore the many spiritual messages contained within the King James Bible that Jesus requires Christians to know. Jesus expressed this through the definition he placed on his words below. And he said in John 6 verse 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus also repeated the same words nine times in the book of Revelations that say, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Therefore it is the purpose of these podcasts to reach out to people in the Christian community who are seeking spiritual answers to spiritual situations mentioned in the Bible and through these help such people understand the purposes of God working in their lives. The words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 that follow highlight the gap there is in the spiritual understanding of the Bible that I have found in today's churches. It says, But the natural man, and this means the religious Christian, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I've decided that the topic for today should be my testimony, which illustrates some of the trials and personal tribulations I have experienced since accepting Jesus Christ as my Saviour over 30 years ago. I felt that doing this was necessary so that each of you can appreciate where I have come from in my spiritual journey with both Jesus Christ and God, and for you to appreciate that I have gained some practical experience in church matters and with the spiritual matters that God is concerned about in these last days. So let's begin. I grew up in Victoria, Australia, and after obtaining qualifications in electronic engineering, I moved to Western Australia in the early 1970s, where I remained for 26 years. During that time, I met and married my first wife, and we produced two children together. Around the age of 40 years, I felt a need to find what the meaning of life was. I then commenced researching Buddhism first, followed by Catholicism, especially the Marian apparitions, and finally Spiritism, that is also known as the New Age movement. It was during my time in the Spiritualist Church that the spirit world became alive and very real to me. I would now like to share some experiences with you that I had back then that somewhat propelled me towards embracing this religion further and how God intervened in this to call me to himself. When I first came into this church, I had a familiarity about it that I had remembered from my days in church as a boy with my parents. However, the differences with this church were that they required those who attended to bring a flower from their garden at home or to pick one from their garden outside the church. The people were required to pray over the flowers first before placing them into a tray which had numbered holes. Each person was to note the number that their flower was placed in for a later reading being directed to them from one of the church's leaders. The church had pews in it like other normal churches had 
It also had hymn books and an organ, so it all looked rather familiar as I recall from my days of attending this ch- uh, the churches with my parents. During the proceedings, either the woman or her husband would channel a spirit. When this occurred, one of them would take a flower from the tray, call out the number and then proceed to advise the person who owned the flower something about their life. To my recollection, I can't recall receiving any significant advice being directed to me from any spirit being channelled. In the church, I commenced attending their prayer circles. In this, the participants of men and women sat on chairs in a half circle around a central point where two stools were located apart from each other, one for a man and one for a woman to be seated. Another man would then stand in front and pray over the seated person. In this, they would commence their prayer at the person's head and then move down their shoulders and arms to their knees and their legs. The prayer would end at the legs and the feet before moving to the rear of the person. When I commenced praying for this man seated before me, I felt a high level of tingling in my tongue and mouth when praying or after praying the first time. When I moved to the rear of this man for the second round of prayer, I felt this steady stream of warm air emerging from a chakra point in the middle of his back. I couldn't believe it. Whatever, uh, Wherever I moved my hand, the location and force of the air remained unchanged. So for the third time I repeated my prayer over this man and again there was this warm air being emitted from this man's back. The Lord later showed me that this demonstrates how Satan can use such spiritual and physical deceptions upon people in his attempts to draw them away into his kingdoms of, kingdom of lies and deceptions. After sharing this experience with my wife and my mother, they both put pressure on me to leave the church. After advising the woman leader about my decision, her advice to me almost knocked me over. She told me to go home and read the Bible. She said for me to do it this way. Start at the book of John. Read all of the epistles, including the book of Jude. Then read all of the Old Testament from the books of Genesis to Malachi. Then read the books of Matthew, Mark and Luke and finish off with the book of Revelation. In Numbers chapter 22, God is recorded as using an ass to speak to his wayward prophet Balaam. So I believe that God used this woman in a similar way to speak to me back then. Over the next year, I lay on my bed reading chapters of the Bibles most nights to fulfil the task given to me by God through this woman. At the end of it all, I was able to recall a number of Bible stories I remembered from Sunday school, but none of them had any effect on me. This was because I was reading them without my spiritual eyes opened. God knew this. It was about this time that my marriage started showing signs of trouble. A few months later, at the age of 42, I had a born-again experience. This occurred during my first marriage breakup. In this, I was sitting in my chair reading a Christian book on marriage guidance titled Straight Talk to Men and Their Wives, What Wives Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women by Dr. James Dobson. The book contained several chapters titled A Man and His and and this was followed by titles such as His Children, His Work, His Money and then His God. 
It was this chapter of A Man and His God that the author touched on the topic of why Jesus Christ needed to die and to shed his blood that this issued up my spiritual eyes that had been closed for all the years of being in a church. This was my born-again experience happening before my very eyes, but I didn't realise this at the time. It was in this moment I had a vision of two beings moving behind what appeared to be obscure, thick glass, which showed their movements but without revealing revealing any definition of who or what they were. When I later read the following verses from the Bible, the images I saw back then had more meaning to the vision I saw. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and 12, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, meaning I was now maturing in my relationship with God, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. And and I'm saying, yes, this is what I saw of God in my vision. But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. So many years later, I came to know that it was at this time I experienced my new birth. It was at that time that God placed within me a new heart and a new spirit that changed me forever. I became a different person at that point to what I was before this event and I have remained so for the past 30 years. The scripture verse below explains what the new birth represents to Bible-based, spiritually awakened people. So in Ezekiel 36, 25-27 it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols I will, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I add here that this will allow you to understand the sayings of God in the Bible. And then it says in verse 27, And I will put my spirit, meaning, yes, God's Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So although these three verses in Ezekiel are a direct future promise of God to the Jewish nation, I discovered many years later that God did the same things mentioned here for me. This is what I firmly believe God will do for any Jew or Gentile today who sincerely and desperately seeks him while he may be found. And in Isaiah 55, verse 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. After a bitter breakup with my wife and children, Jesus asked me to take up the cross he had for me in exchange for the very burdensome cross I was carrying for my two children who no longer wanted me in their lives. I chose to follow Jesus then and have continued to do so while bearing his cross. This cross I bear represents the burden he has for those Christians today who are spiritually lost within the churches because of lies and false doctrine being preached from the pulpits. A few months after being separated from my wife and children, I attended a four-square Pentecostal church that was very active spiritually. I became in their 
were involved in their various prayer and Bible study meetings, and this was where I met a woman who was eventually to become my second wife. She presented herself to me as being born again and was able to speak and interpret unknown tongues, or so she claimed. She associated with certain others in the church who also operated in the various spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. So I was fascinated with what I was experiencing back then. Little did I know that operating at the deacon level in the church was a woman and her husband who were witches. I know this because my friend and I, as she was back then, went to this couple's place for dinner one evening. The strangest thing about their home was the sunken kitchen and eating area, which had two steps leading down from other rooms in the house. The walls were painted the colour of blood and the ceiling was painted black. There was a framed photo of a black-coloured lotus flower hanging on the wall and a table lamp had a black lampshade with black tassels hanging down, as I vividly remembered. All of this symbolically represented a pit in hell that we had descended into for dinner. I didn't know it then, but that is what the Lord showed me some time later. The Lord also showed me that this woman and her husband were into witchcraft and their aim was to infiltrate and destroy those in the church and to shut the church down, and this eventually happened. In my case, this couple put a spell on me that would enable me to find their friend, meaning my second wife, to become attractive to me and for us to eventually marry. So we married, and after some 12 months uh, into the marriage, my new wife commenced creating divisions between us. Her behaviour made it so bad that I had to move into another room. Most nights she would go into the kitchen and rattle knives in the kitchen drawer to scare me. Rather than succumbing to the fear she was creating, I placed my trust in the Lord and managed to sleep soundly. As her tactics of trying to rid me from my home failed, she eventually shouted and yelled at me one evening, which forced me to leave the house. I went to our pastor's home and he returned with me to help me grab some personal items. When we arrived, she had gone, but damage to the rear door had occurred And there were other signs that a disturbance had happened and these were evident. In other words, she had set me up to complain to the police that I had attacked her. Without going into further details, I grabbed some of my possessions and fled to a friend's place. And after resigning from my well-paid job, found my way home to my mother's place across the other side of the country to commence the next phase of my new life with mum. So... During my life of eight years living with mum, I not only visited many churches looking for Christians who were spiritually awake, but I struggled to find any Bible-based Christians to fellowship with. Towards the end of my first decade of walking with Jesus, I wrote an e-book titled The Hitchhiker's Guide Through the Churches, using the pseudonym of David Manellan to protect the identity of the individuals that I referred to during my journey through the churches. The book reveals the many strange beliefs and practices I encountered in the churches back then. This proved to me that the various gospels that Christians believe in today were false gospels, and those who were placing their faith and trust in these will ultimately find their gospel is unable to save a soul from spending eternity in hell. In contrast to these false gospels, the Lord has revealed to me 
various aspects of the Apostle Paul's Gospel, which he terms my Gospel, that I promote on my website, my YouTube channel and my Substack pages. I have termed Paul's Gospel as the Gospel of Initial and Final Salvation, where the many false Gospels about today represent initial salvation based upon faith and grace alone, meaning no works. However, God expects Christians to progress on to doing the same works that Christ did while here on earth and thereby produce unto God the required spiritual fruit being brought into his kingdom as stated clearly in John 15, 1-8. Since establishing my first website 15 years ago, I've been reaching out to those in the Christian community in an effort to reveal the importance of what the Apostle Paul's Gospel represents in relation to their salvation, and that Paul's Gospel is the only Gospel that can save a soul from hell as stated in Romans 2 verse 16, and if obeyed as stated in Romans 10.16. To finish my story on a high note, despite the difficulties and lonely times I spent during my first decade with Jesus and after ending my eight years of living with my mum, I married my third wife 19 years ago, who was truly a godly woman sent from the Lord to marry me. We continue to live very happily together. All of our children and our grandchildren are now my family too. God is so good. In this, I feel as though the Lord has given me a Job experience, where the Lord allowed Satan to take my two children and the two houses from me, as he did with Job, using the actions of both my former wives to rob me of them. Currently, I am experiencing the second part of Job's trial, which is a non-life-threatening health issue. Through these experiences, I have proven that God tests all Christians to determine what level of faith they have within them. These tests come through what the Apostle Peter terms fiery trials, as stated in 1 Peter 4 verse 12. God expects his children on earth to patiently endure to the end the trials and the tribulations that the Lord puts before each of us to purify us as gold is purified in a furnace. And Job referred to this as God's furnace of affliction in the following words of his. So in Job 23 verses 9 to 10, Job says, On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. And in Proverbs 17 verse 3 it says, The fining pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts, and I say using both of these in afflictions. And then God says at the end of our trials, as he did with me, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. So in this, God has restored to me two houses that I no longer have and a wife who loves me together with her children and grandchildren. The Lord is very good to those who bring him honour and spiritual fruit into his kingdom. Praise the Lord. 
So I just want to thank you for listening to my testimony today. I hope that you have found my first episode interesting. Feel free to share my testimony here with other Christians that you know. And please give me a like as you leave. And if you would like to chat or ask me a question, you can contact me through my Substack pages or my website at mygospel.info. God bless you.